Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever or whenever you are, ladies and gentlemen. This is Sports Crush with D. Crom. I am your host, David Cromwell, and we are officially less than 10 days away from the 2020 NFL Draft. And in that spirit, we bring you our first of two live mock drafts that we do each year leading up to draft day. And joining me to conduct this mock is our good friend, Miles Gorham, who is the co-host of the Climbing the Pocket podcast, an excellent pod centered on the Minnesota Vikings, which is Miles' favorite team, of course, and, of course, the NFL Draft. And don't forget, folks, Miles is a former D2 college football wide receiver from the mighty Peacocks of Upper Iowa University. Miles, it's a pleasure to have you back on the program. How are you doing, man? I'm good, David. I appreciate you having me, and I love the intro. It's always great. Yeah, it's always great having you on here. We missed you. It's been a while, but it's great to have you back. And now before we get into this mock, let, us, let me explain to our listeners uh, how um, uh, this mock is going to be conducted. In this mock, Miles and I are going to be alternating roles each pick. For the first pick, I am going to play the role of the scout or the assistant coach or whoever is below the GM, making the case to GM Miles as to why the team should pick this player. And on the second pick, our roles reverse. So we're going to be alternating roles each pick. But the GM has the authority to reject the pick. And if they reject the pick, you will hear a gong from either Miles or me. But if we accept it, then we roll on to the next pick. So without further ado, our 2020 first of two mock drafts. Here we go. And the Cincinnati Bagels obviously have the first round pick. First overall pick, I should say. This is the easiest pick of the draft by far, or at least tied for the easiest pick. The Cincinnati Bagels are clearly a team in rebuild mode. Yes, I know they uh, put the franchise tag at AJ Green, but it was a large part to help this guy uh, have the smoothest transition possible to the NFL. And Joe Burrow, not only did he come out of nowhere last year to have uh, the best college football season in, in, in all history, this guy is not a one-year wonder. He is the real deal. Even though he might not have the strongest arm or the most elite athleticism, his fundamentals are extremely advanced. His processing, his mental processing on the field during a play is just super elite. And his accuracy and his poise when the going gets tough is just out of this world. He just checks every single important box for a quarterback. And you can make the argument that this guy could be the most complete quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck coming to the league in 2012. So the Cincinnati Bagels with a first overall pick take Joe Burrow quarterback LSU. Um, what do you think, GM Miles? I, I think that's that's one, like you said, it's, it's really hard to argue the pick. And I think you, you sold me on Joe Burrow. I think he's going to be more than just a one-year, one-hit wonder. He most certainly is. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he is the best quarterback of the NFL for the next 10 years, not named Patrick Mahomes. And if the Bengals are willing to do right by him for, for the most part, um, he and Mahomes could own the AFC for, for this next decade. I, I really think so. Wow. No, no Deshaun Watson in there? Oh, D. Watts, but I just don't trust the Texans. I just sure, don't trust sure. that organization. Uh, sure. Well, that's for another show. All right. Uh, <laughs> Miles, uh, roll switch. Uh, you're now assistant coach or scout. The Washington Redskins are now on the clock. Yeah, with the second, we have the second overall pick. And, you know, the last time the Washington Redskins had the second overall pick, what did they do? They traded up. Well, they made, they made the trade, but we traded up for and took uh, Robert Griffin III. Uh, behind Andrew Luck that was back in 2012. Um, I know some people have made the, the claim that maybe maybe this pick would be uh, a move for uh, uh, Tua Tagala, Tagala Viola. I, I always butcher his name, so I apologize. Tagaloyola, that's okay. Yes, from Alabama. Um, he's a, a great prospect, great kid. 
Um, love love his abilities and and everything we've seen. Um, the hip injury is always wor- worrisome. Some of the, uh, the injury history is worrisome, but um, with this pick, I think this, this is going to show everybody and all our fans and and show um, our current quarterback Dwayne Haskins how much faith we have in him moving forward, and that we believe that he's the guy for us to move forward with. I'm going after a guy um, played at um, teammates, former teammate of uh, you know current quarterback Dwayne Haskins, um, edge rusher Chase Young. He's the kind of guy who um, you don't see very many um, edge rushers as talented as him coming out of the draft. Uh, guys like Miles Garrett, uh, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, um, all the way back to Khalil Mack, Von Miller. Yeah, last yeah, decade I mean, was flush with them, and Chase Young has the chance to start this new decade off right where the last one left off in terms of pass rushers coming into the league. Exactly, and you've seen a lot of these high high end pass rushers taken early, and they've succeeded. Like you said, of Von Miller, he's probably he's arguably one of the the best prospects we've seen as 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 an edge rusher coming out of college, and Chase Young has a chance to be the, at that level, in my opinion. He's ferocious. He he can he's beat some of the best left tackles in the game in, in college football. Um, he he competes at a high level. Um, I think some people try to knock him with uh, some production some production down the road when they played in the college uh, football playoffs or um, when they played against some better competition. But that was because most of the teams were keying and zeroing at in on Chase Young, not because of his talent, and he still created uh, high pressure rates. He was still he was still um, chasing down the quarterback, even if he wasn't getting all the the sack production. He was still making tackles for loss. He was chasing down running backs. Um, he does it all. He's the kind of he's the kind of player that you want to build your defensive line around um, to go get the quarterback. So for me, uh, the Washington Redskins were. I want to take I want to take the chance and and go with a, a guy that. I believe could be a um, one of the top edge rushers in the NFL over the next decade, and Chase Young. You do not get a gong for me there, my friend. Chase Young <laughs> is. Uh, you could make the argument that he is the best prospect in this draft class, period, regardless of position. And like you mentioned, the edge rushers of the past decade that went uh, in this part of the draft: Von Miller, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett. Chase Young has the potential to be as good, if not better, than all of them. He's got Hall of Fame pedigree written all over him. And plus, he's a local kid. He's also from the uh, uh, D.C. and Maryland area. And Dad Snyder really likes those guys. And uh, Chase Young, um, if you just put him into Ron Rivera's defense on a defensive line with Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis, Montez Sweat, and Ryan Kerrigan, you talk about them and the 49ers having the two most ferocious defensive lines in the game and and having a unit like that can keep your team competitive in the vast majority of games. So this is exactly the right pick for the Redskins. Chase Young at two. And we have a trade at number three as our roles reverse again. The Los Angeles Chargers are now moving up. As uh, the Detroit Lions, as uh, has been rumored for months, they want to trade down a couple spots and still get a player that they covet. And the odds are there are several players uh, that, they, um, that they'll that they covet at four or five or six or wherever they um, move down to. And uh, um, I'm just uh, uh, using the uh, draft network on Mock Draft Machine and the Chargers did accept my offer here. So now the Chargers are on the clock. And the Chargers now at three 
When you look at the Chargers, they got one of the more complete rosters on paper in football. They've got a wide array of weapons on offense, uh, an offensive line that's improved, especially on the interior. But if they don't go quarterback in the first round, they'll definitely take a tackle. But you have a lot of these guys that you're going to have to pay very soon. On an insanely talented roster, Joey Bosa, you got him coming up. He's probably going to set the market for edge rushers. Derwood James, you got him coming up uh, within the next couple of years. And uh, and, uh, Mike Williams as well. And uh, and in order to... Not to uh, mention Keenan Allen, too. Oh, yeah. Keenan Allen's still coming out of contract. and He's not yet 30. And given the style of game he plays, he still could play a a good uh, three to five more years of this league. So... The Chargers, your window is closing fast. You have to capitalize right now to win a Super Bowl because this could be your last best chance to do so. And quarterback is the major need on on a team until this. Yes, I know you're talking about how much you love Tyrod Taylor because Anthony Lynn coached him, but you have to give yourself the best possible chance to win right now. And I know this guy has injury concerns, but it is more than worth it. To roll the dice on a guy like this who has shown the intangibles and the accuracy and all the other major skills needed to play quarterback. Heck, if it weren't for the injuries, he and Joe Burrow would be equally competitive for that number one pick. I'm not kidding. So, with the third pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers in the trade with the Lions select Tua Tungaboyloa, quarterback from Alabama. Do you go, are you going to gong that, Miles, or do you accept that, Mr. GM? I can't gong that because I think that's the right move for them. Like you said, yes, there's the injury history, but you have to take a chance. And he, and a guy like Tua is he's an extremely talented quarterback. He's argu- if he was healthy, he'd arguably be uh, in line to to take the number one overall spot to go to the Cincinnati Bengals rather than Joe Burrow. Um, there's that there to me they're they're that close in terms of. Um, how good they are and what they did in college. So um, for me, obviously the injury history is the the biggest part of that. But if your if your doctors are if our doctors are willing to to clear them, I have no issue with it. Oh, absolutely, and especially the Chargers. You're moving into a brand new stadium. If not in 2020, then definitely in 2021. Uh, we should definitely be farther ahead with more um, drugs and stuff to uh, keep. COVID-19 in check significantly enough for there to be football in 2021 at the very earliest, uh, or at the very latest, I should say. There's still a chance football could be played this year, but although that's up in the air. But you're moving into a new stadium. You need to sell out. and the, You're not going to sell out um, uh, the stadium if you're the Chargers, no matter how deep your roster is, or insanely talented your roster is. You need that final piece to take you guys or help. You need that quarterback, and you are going to get a quarterback that won a national championship on the final play of overtime, Tua Tugavoyloa is the, exactly the guy the Chargers need to make sure they could win a Lombardi trophy with this card. All right, the New York Giants are on the clock and roll switch again. Miles, who do you think the New York Giants should get? Dave Gettleman, Cromolo is all ears. <laughs> um, for me, I think the, the New York Giants, what they, I guess, is it more about what I would do or what they would do? <laughs> um. Do what you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna sell you on a guy that I believe uh, he fits. Um, he's a he's kind of that jack of all trades. You love a Der- you like Derwin James, Jamal Adams coming out of college. You like a guy that can do a little bit of everything. He can come down in the box and he can he can lay the wood, um, but he can also run and, and uh, make plays sideline to sideline. 
Uh, you can kind of use him as a jackknife of a, a knife of all trades, uh, you know, jack of all trades um, type of player. But he's also kind of a a master at um, at athleticism and and strength. Um, Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. Uh, he's a hybrid linebacker safety, but in today's NFL, with his athleticism and speed, we can use him anywhere we want to. He's not a. You can line him up against tight ends, slot receivers, running backs. You name it. He's as athletic or more than most of those players in in the league right now, and that's saying something for uh, for a player of his size. So we're going to be going with Isaiah Simmons. He's the he's the kind of player when you come in when you go into a when you go into a game, you have to game plan around him. And and where is he going to be on the field? What's he doing? Uh, how are they using him? Um, we can we can blitz him off the edge. Um, we could drop him out back into coverage. We could drop him deep. Um, again, like I said, we could put him against tight ends or running backs. You name it. You can ask him to do whatever you want. Um, he's got the instincts. He's got he's got the ability. Uh, and then, like I said, the athleticism to to do anything you want him to do on the field. And he's got the size to match up against uh, fullbacks and tight ends and and running backs in the hole. So um, he could do a little bit of everything and. We want to, what we want to do with the New York Giants is we want to try to we want to turn around our defense. We want to make our defense uh, an all-around competitor. And what we've been lacking is someone that can be a playmaker at the linebacker position. Uh, so what we want to do is we want, we want to set the tone with that core position. He can play any, any three of our linebacker positions. You could even drop him back to safety at times. So uh, with a player like Isaiah Simmons, I don't think you'd go wrong because he's going to give you everything you're looking for looking for for a defense for the record the Giants could go a number of ways here yeah they could I go agree. Isaiah Simmons as you mentioned here they could take uh Tristan Wirfs or Jedrick Wills or Andrew Thomas or Makai Beckton or whatever their favorite offensive tackle is in this draft and you can make an argument for either of those four to be drafted first yep. and uh or Derek Brown um who is a typical Dave Gettleman style player but Dave Gettleman Keep in mind, he also loves athletic freaks at the linebacker position. He picked yep. Shaq Thompson when he was the GM of the Panthers in 2015. And while I'm not sure where Dave Gettleman goes, I cannot gong this pick at all. Isaiah Simmons is the textbook example of what a modern-day NFL defensive player is. A, a, a player that you can't pigeonhole into one position group at all. A, 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 a do-it-all player that you could line up on the edge. You could line up... At deep center field, you can line up at linebacker, at strong safety. Uh, this guy could seriously do it all. He is a defensive chess piece that you could use to neutralize whoever um, uh, your opponent's biggest offensive weapon is every game. You could change his role every week. He gives you that uh, advantage as a defensive coordinator uh, to have a, 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 a tool that you could dispose it however you want, depending on the, the opponent you face. He, he's that kind of player that makes defensive coordinators salivate the most. Isaiah Simmons to the Giants at four, it is. Now the Miami Dolphins with the first of three first-round picks are on the clock. And Chris Greer, I know that you like Tua Tagovailoa, but you were also very high on Justin Herbert as well. For, for the time being. And I understand that some are arguing that uh, maybe we should go tackle here and wait for the chance to, for Herbert to fall all the way to 18. No, Herbert is not going to fall out of the top 10. We cannot um, necessarily um, uh, pass on Herbert here and uh, get into a bidding war with uh, 
uh, that'll require us sacrificing one of our key picks for either this year or next year to trade back up to uh, to nab him. I don't want to take that chance. Uh, just and plus, we have an offensive coordinator in Chan Gailey who's had a, who has a very good track record in developing uh, quarterbacks that come out of uh, spread style systems in college. And Herbert uh, was kind of miscast in that Oregon offense because they didn't allow him to do what he did best, which is just air it all over the yard. He they just had him uh, hand the ball off and do checkdowns. We're not going to do that here. We're going to build an offense around him. And uh, if we could get him at AT, great, but we can't. But he, so he has to be the pick at five. So Justin Herbert to the Miami Dolphins at five. Do I hear a gong or not a gong? I want to. <laughs> More so because I do believe that they should be going to make a move to try to get Tua if they can't get Burrow for some reason. If Cincinnati's willing to, to move off that pick, if Joe Burrow tells them he's not willing to go to Cincinnati, I don't expect it to happen, but who knows? We've seen stranger things happen. Um uh, so to me, I think they should be making more of an aggressive move to go get Tua with all the draft capital they have. Um, I'm not as he's not, not available as, though. <laughs> no, no, I understand. I understand. That's why I understand. But that's why I'm saying they should have been more aggressive to go get Tua rather than the um, the Chargers. But again, the Chargers made the move instead of the Dolphins. So I can't I can't um, gong you for it for the fact that if they don't take Herbert here, they're probably going to have a harder time getting him. At some point before their next pick, at what eighteen? I think their next pick yep. is. So, you could roll the dice. You could take the. You could look at taking uh, an offensive tackle here, Worf, Specton, Thomas, or Wills. Uh, those those would be another options there. I think, and you couldn't go wrong with those selections either, just because of how talented some of those offensive tackles are. And then you could try to package some moves to to go up to get um, Herbert. Um, Maybe if he falls down to to pick eight or nine, uh, Jacksonville is the only uh, worrisome pick there, with them having uh, uh, with them having uh, Gardner uh, Minshew. Minshew. Thank you, and then trading Nick Foles, so they could be a wild card team to go after a quarterback. We don't know. Um, uh, the, the Raiders too. Keep in mind, yeah. they could let Derek Carr out of his contract uh, yeah. after this year, and uh, Mariota yeah. signed for peanuts. Very good point. So they have. Um, the Raiders and the, the Jacksonville Jaguars at 9 and 12 are the two spots that they're probably eyeing on the most um, at who could be looking at to either move up or take a quarterback at their respective spots. So maybe even the Carolina Panthers are a dark horse. Um, they, I know they gave Teddy Bridgewater um, quite a bit of money on a three-year deal, but that doesn't mean they don't have a plan for the, the long-term future beyond that. So um, Lots of lots of options there, so I think it, it makes sense for the um, for the Dolphins to to take the chance now, go get their guy now, rather than wait and risk missing out. All right, so, so I can't, can't go for it. Justin Herbert to the Dolphins, it is, and all right, uh, Detroit Lions on the clock at six after trade down with the Chargers. Who should we take, Miles? Well, the board fell exactly how the the Lions wanted it to, um, because we we weren't willing to take him at at the third overall pick. We got um, some good draft capital to move back three spots. I don't know what you ended up giving up, but I'm assuming to move off the pick, you were willing to to get some. You got some pretty good picks in return, yep. uh, and you get the player that you were you probably should have taken at three, anyways. Um, I'm going with the the lockdown cornerback. He's a guy that you know to replace Darius Slay that we just traded to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles this offseason. Uh, we need a lockdown corner. We need somebody that can shut down half the field. Um, we need we need him to come cheap just because we have an expensive quarterback and we have some um, expensive players on our team and some guys that are that are up and due for some new contracts and um, 
we're starting kind of a rebuild on our defense. We want to get younger. Uh, let's start that with a franchise cornerback, a guy that can be in lockdown, shut down your number one cornerback in, an, in, a, in the NFC North going against guys like Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, Allen Robinson. Um, you know, you're, you're going against some pretty good um, wide receivers in the NFC North, and you want to be able to shut those guys down and let uh, the rest of your defense go to work. And so the guy we're going to go with is Ohio State shutdown, lockdown cornerback, Jeff Okuda, who I think has a chance to be, uh, you know, one of the better cornerback prospects that we've seen in the last few years. Um, and I think he has an opportunity to be a lockdown cornerback very early in his career. God, not nope, can't go on that at all. <laughs> Jeffrey Okuda, um, he is probably the second or third best prospect in this draft class period behind only uh, Joe Burrow and Chase Young. And he um, has been compared to Stephon Gilmore, who Matt Patricia coached in, in New England. And those types of corners are in, are essential to making uh, Matt Patricia's defense uh, run on time. And uh, Jeffrey Okuda is the perfect corner that Matt Patricia wants. So uh, Jeffrey Okuda to the Lions at six. And now another wild card in the first round. And this could be where the draft really begins. The Carolina Panthers at seven. And now Matt Rule. Uh, Marty Herney, you don't run the draft room anymore. It's Matt Rule's team right now. Um, Marty's, I believe you're getting phased out. So Matt Rule, this is the first pick of what I believe will be a long tenure for you in Carolina. And as Mike Mayock says, when you make your first pick during your tenure with an NFL team, you want to make a pick that shows the rest of the football world what a Carolina Panther looks like and smells like. You want this to be a culture-setting pick, and what better culture-setting pick is there for you than Derek Brown of Auburn? Derek Brown, um, he might not be... Uh, 10 to 15 sack interior defensive lineman, but he could dominate on every single play and he could push the pocket even if you don't show up in the stat sheet all the time. But above all, he he is a, a proven leader to team captain. He outworks everybody on every single snap and in, in the locker room and in the weight room as well. This guy is a tone setter for culture that you need in Carolina as you begin a rebuild that you've been given the benefit of the doubt to complete in a greater than four-year period. You got a long leash, Matt Rule. Use this pick to your advantage to let the world know what a Matt Rule-style Carolina Panther looks like. You want a physical player who is also a team leader, who leads by example, not just on the field but off the field, Derek Brown of the Panthers at seven. What do you say to that, Matt Rule? Gong. All right. We got our first gong of the night. Why not Derek Brown? I like Derek Brown, the player. I think Derek Brown's a very good player. Like you said, you laid out a really good um, blueprint for what he is and how and why he'd be a good pick. But for me, the value of an interior defensive lineman in the top 10, with all that talent at the offensive line, you want to protect your quarterback. You just gave Teddy Bridgewater a lot of money. Uh, you, have, uh, you, you signed Robbie Anderson. Uh, you have Curtis Samuel, and you have uh, DJ Moore uh, as, at receiver. Uh, why not continue to build in that offense? You brought in uh, Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, to come in from LSU. Uh, again, Matt Rule is an offensive-minded coach. Or, not, I wouldn't say offensive-minded, but um, yeah. Uh, with Joe Brady, who's you know going to run that style of offense, and they're going to want to push the ball down downfield. They're going to want to um, you know create mismatches. Why not bring in an offensive lineman that can help do a little bit of everything? You made a trade for Russell Okung. 
But he's, is he the guy for you long-term? Probably not, based off injury, based off age. Why not, for me, why not go after one of those young offensive tackles like a Tristan Wirfs who fits what you want to do on the offensive line? You're going to get out and, and move, and you're going to be you know quick tempo um, t- type of offense. Or why not go after an Andrew Thomas um, for that you know left tackle of the future? Um, you want to solidify that position to go to pair with Taylor Moten, your right tackle. So, so it's, for me, I just think there's a little bit more value at um, um, going after a guy like uh, uh, one of those offensive tackles, like a like an Andrew Thomas. I'd even consider a, a C.J. Henderson at this point. It might be a tad early, but you do need some cornerback help as well, uh, just because you you got you lost James Bradbury to free agency. Um, I just I just think that they're there are a little bit more pressing needs, but I understand the pick because he is a really good player. So the only reason I gonged is just because I think the value doesn't quite match up, but I also expect that he could be, he could have a Fletcher Cox Cox type of impact um, early on in his career. So I totally understand the pick. I just would probably have gone a different direction. Well, since you're the GM, you do get to go that different direction. Which of the four offensive tackles would you like for the Panthers here? We're going to go with Andrew Thomas. We're gonna. I and think why Andrew is, Thomas why is that. We we're we're looking for a bookend left tackle to pair with Taylor Moten uh, for years to come. Uh, we spent we spent a lot of money at quarterback. DJ Moore is going to be doing a new contract soon. What are we going to pay Curtis Samuel? You know that's a possibility. Just paid Rodney Anderson. Just paid Christian McCaffrey a lot of money. We want to help protect those guys. We want to get those guys more protection and opportunities. And I think Andrew Thomas is going to give us that opportunity for for years to come. So the Carolina Panthers select Andrew Thomas, the left tackle from Georgia. Now the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. And uh, now it's uh, your turn to lobby me. Roll reversal. Yeah. So we're in a situation right now. The Arizona Cardinals, they made probably one of the best trades of the offseason that we've seen or one of the best trades we've seen in a long time. They went and got wide receiver. I think it became official today. They went and got wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, Nuke Hopkins from the uh, Houston Texans by trading away a big contract and an injury-prone player in David Johnson and giving up a a second-round pick to get a player of DeAndre Hopkins' caliber to to go with Kyler Murray. What else do we need to make sure that we we help Kyler Murray progress in his career, progress in this offense, Cliff Kingsbury spread him out, throw the ball over the field type of offense and, and to help our, um, our, our, you know, our, um, the running back that we acquired last year that we put the uh, transition tag on um, in Kenyon Drake. You know, we, we want to be a, an offense that, that moves, uh, that, um, that protects our quarterback and tackle is probably the biggest need that we had outside of wide receiver. And we addressed the wide, wide receiver, wide receiver position with our second round pick in Deandre Hopkins. Let's go get a guy that can protect Kyler Murray and the guy to do that on the right side of the line is going to be – I'm going to go with Tristan Wirfs. I'm, I'm struggling between the three, that's why. <laughs> uh, yes, it, it, yeah, it's very hard to kind of sort um, uh, these four tackles from one another. There's a mixed ratings all across the league. Right. And one, Yeah, go ahead. And I, I can't gong that. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, uh, not only is he an athletic freak – uh, he um, played at the University of Iowa under Kirk Ferentz, one of the best offensive line teachers ever. He is tailor-made to succeed at the NFL level. And here's the beauty of a player like Tristan Wirfs. 
He could play right tackle, left tackle, or even guard to start his rookie yep. year and then kick out to one of the tackle spots his second year. You can put DJ Humphreys and Marcus Gilbert into the book at the start of the year with uh, Wirfs at one of the guard positions. And if uh, he doesn't succeed at tackle, uh, he could be an excellent guard. So, so Tristan Wirfs, uh, he's going to be a successful player regardless of what you, what you do with him or what you have to end up doing with him. So, that uh, it makes Tristan Wirfs one of the more valuable commodities of this year's draft, and I definitely like that fit in Arizona with him and that athleticism to protect Kyler Murray and open up those holes in that uh, Cliff Kingsbury running game, which is very schematically diverse. So Tristan Wirfs to the college days, and boop, boop, we have a trade. We have a trade. The Denver Broncos are now on the clock. They trade. Oh. Um, I believe they have the Amanimua here. They trade. Number 15 overall, and two of their three third-round picks to the Jacksonville Jaguars to move up all the way to number nine. And uh, let me... uh... All right, trades in. Broncos are now on the clock. Now, a lot of people are going to be screaming for an offensive tackle here, but keep in mind... John Elway, we have the best offensive line coach in the NFL, or at least one of them, maybe the best uh, now that uh, Dante Skarniecki is retired, in Mike Munchak. And Mike is known for developing guys drafted on day two or, or, or day three into quality starters. Latest example, Alejandro Villanueva. And uh, I believe uh, Michael Roos uh, in Tennessee was another such example. So Mike Munchak knows how to get the best value possible out of offensive line pick later. And I think there are enough good quality linemen that we could take on day two or day three to fill those needs. But an even weaker position for us, even though I understand the offensive tackle, is the wide receiver spot opposite Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton, um, he showed why he could be one of the 10 best receivers, if not one of the five best receivers in the NFL for the foreseeable future, given what he did with our quarterbacks last year. But now we're heavily committed to Drew Locke for our next year of football, whether that be in 2020 or 2021, and we need to give him more weapons to succeed. And when you look in our division, the Kansas City Chiefs, a big reason why their offense uh, is able to do what it does, aside from Patrick Mahomes, is Tyree Kill. Why? Because Tyree Kill is a nightmare for opposing defensive coordinators because it handcuffs defensive coordinators because they can only do X amount of coverages against that scheme because of Tyree Kill's speed. And there is a similar prospect in this draft class that offers very similar upside and a hidden schematic advantage that Tyree Kill does. And his name is Henry Ruggs from Alabama. So the Denver Broncos select Henry Ruggs, wide receiver, Alabama. Are you with me, John Elway? I'm with you. If we're going to make a splash move, let's make a splash move and go get a guy that can complement our quarterback and our, our excellent wide receiver. Yeah, so Henry Ruggs to the Denver Broncos in a trade-up with the Jaguars at 9. We'll be with there. All right, Cleveland Browns on the clock. What do you think we should do, Coach Stefanski? Cleveland Browns. So since – well, since Tristan Wirfs, probably one of the guys we were looking at getting, um, was taken, we're going we're gonna to shift to another guy. Offensive tackle, he's he's huge. He's a massive player, um, but he's more athletic than we expected. He's a guy that even even to this point, I even I you know didn't expect him to to be able to move as much as he can. Uh, with Kevin Stefanski coming in and running a, a an outside zone scheme, I even think he could run this scheme as a tackle because 
He does have the athletic, the functional athleticism to do it. Uh, we're going to go with Mackay Becton from Louisville. We need a left tackle. We that's probably one of the only positions on this on this roster that that's like a glaring glaring need to go with um, our offense and try to help Baker Field. That was a, a big issue for us last year um, with uh, with our uh, current left tackle situation when it was Greg Robinson who's now um, in arrested. Who knows what the situation's going with him? We need to we need to solidify that position that left tackle and. Um, if, if we couldn't make a, a trade to get Trent Williams from Washington, if we couldn't sign Jason Peters from uh, free agency, we want to make sure that we're finding that, that bookend left tackle for the future. And that guy is Makai Becton. And we're going we're gonna to put him there at left tackle, and he, he's going to come in and he's going to solidify that, that tackle position to go with Jack Conklin at right tackle. I cannot gong that pick at all. Mackay Becton, he, uh, Dan Jeremiah says that he believes that he's a better prospect than Bryant McKinney was when Mount McKinney, um, who you know about yep. as a Vikings fan, okay. coming out of uh, Miami, uh, University of Miami, that is. Uh, he thinks Mackay Becton uh, is a better prospect, and uh, Bryant McKinney had a very productive NFL career. So Kevin Stefanski knows Bryant McKinney well, too. He was in Minnesota with, with him. Oh, absolutely, that too. So Becton uh, makes perfect sense for the Browns, and I've been hearing that they really love uh, Mackay Becton for what it's worth. And now the New York Jets are on the clock at 11. Joe Douglas, we have two equally pressing needs here at offensive tackle and wide receiver. The question is, do we take what could be the fourth best tackle on some boards, or do we take one of the other two receivers to help Sam Donald. Either way, we're helping Sam Donald. But in my opinion, the depth of this wide receiver class is much deeper than that of the tackle class. So that is why I think, and we don't have a long-term solution to tackle on our roster either. And uh, a wide receiver, yeah, we got Brashad Perriman, but we could... There are several receivers that we could get in the second round or move up to the late first to get, given our two-thirds. We, we could wait till later to get our receiver. Uh, we got to get this tackle because this could be the best tackle of the class in Jedrick Wills from Alabama. Jedrick Wills, an elite pass protector, um, um, very fluid athlete. He could play either right tackle or left tackle, or like Tristan Works, he could succeed at guard unless he if, if he fails at tackle. So there's no, no way we could go wrong with Jedrick Wills here, Joe Douglas. So um, in my opinion, we should pass out the receivers and trade up into the late first to get one of them if need be. But we got to get our tackle now. We got we to gotta get a quality tackle now and a quality receiver in the second round or earlier in a trade-up. So Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle Alabama, to the Jets at eleven. I can't gong you for that. I think it it makes sense. I I I'm probably leaning CD Lamb, but I also you made a great case for why they needed an offensive tackle. Yeah, they they don't have a tackle or receiver on their uh, on their team right now. They need both. So right. uh, tackle at eleven um, if one is they like is there, and uh, and then uh, take your receiver with your second round pick, even if it means trading up into the late first. You can't Definitely. go wrong with that. You're right. You're right. So Jedrick Wills to the Jets at 11. Now the Las Vegas Raiders of Oakland are now on the clock. Um, I am Mike Mayock now. So John Gruden, who should we take here? Oh, you make the decisions. John Gruden doesn't. Uh, well, uh, no, we'll make you a scout because I think uh, I'll be Gruden and Mayock together because I think Gruden yeah. and Mayock are, are, are pretty uh, 
uh, I think they make the decisions equally. <laughs> no, I agree. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard yeah. time. The, the tough part here is you, you took the, you took Henry Ruggs. Um, the, the, the Denver Broncos traded up to nine and took Henry Ruggs, kind of an expected pick. But now we're sitting here with C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy still on the board, and the Raiders have a glaring hole at wide receiver to go with, uh, to go with 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 our two wide receivers, um, in Tyrell Williams and uh, uh, Hunter Renfro that we drafted last year. We signed Nelson Aguilar. I think that's just more of like a veteran uh, to f- to fill some depth. But we need that true number one receiver because I don't think Tyrell Williams fits that true number one receiver role. I think he's more of that. Um, complimentary role hunter renfro really fits into that slot role really well um nelson aguilar could even just be a little bit more of a downfield threat that we need um we, but we really need that alpha we really need somebody to come in and, and solidify that wide, wide receiver position and to be a guy for us that um that can move the chains that when you need when you need to get um make when you need plays made that's the guy we're going to and they don't currently have that on the roster um so we're gonna go with cd lamb wide receiver from Oklahoma. He's the kind of guy, he, he's that prototypical X receiver. He's physical, um, really good after the catch. Um, he can go up and get the ball. He's not afraid to go across the middle. Um, he can outrun you even. Uh, he, didn't, he ran a faster 40, and I think even some people expected a 4-5-1 at the combine. He's that true alpha receiver, and I think if you're looking at the style or the, uh, looking for a, comp, uh, a comparison to his game, it has to be DeAndre Newcopkins. That's just uh, the now receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. That's the style of player CeeDee Lamb is, and that's the style of player that John Gruden would love to have on his team to pair with uh, Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro and to help give Derek Carr even more of an opportunity to succeed with their move to Vegas this year. Oh, absolutely, and not just Derek Carr. Um, whoever whoever the quarterback of the future right. is, the uh, Raiders still might take a quarterback um, with their next first-round pick or if not in the second round, because uh, uh, Derek Carr, um, he could be on a short leash. So we have to be willing to have the right ecosystem for whoever will be quarterback in the Las Vegas Raiders for the long-term future. And if you put CeeDee Lamb and his skill set with Darren Waller, who's arguably already a top five tight end in the NFL, yep. and Josh Jacobs and that mauling offensive line, the Raiders have an elite cachet of triplets in that passing game well Josh Jacobs included for for whoever um the quarterback is so and it's hard to go get C. Lamb I understand the case for Jerry Judy but uh C.D. Lamb I think is uh, that more bona fide wide receiver one so Agreed. I am uh, accepting that pick C.D. Lamb to the Las Vegas Raiders Oakland and the San Francisco 49ers are on the clock now at 13 and all right, Kyle Shanahan, I'm John Lynch. I answer to you. I understand that. So, um, Kyle Shanahan, we traded uh, DeForest Butler to the Colts for pick 13 because we anticipated one of the three receivers, the, the top three receivers of this draft, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Jr., CeeDee Lamb, to be available here. And we've been proven right. We got a, a guy who's going to be a bona fide number one wide receiver in this league for a long time in Debo Samuel, but we need a guy to compliment him. We just lost Emmanuel Sanders, and what better replacement for Emmanuel Sanders in this draft is there than the route-running maven that is Jerry Judy? And Jerry Judy is not just no ordinary um, route-running maven. This guy is elite and very criminally underrated in space. Don't let the athletic testing fool you. His tape 
He's just explosive with the ball in his hand and his ability to separate in short areas with that amazing short area quickness, that trumps straight line speed every day of the week for me. And yes, I understand, Kyle, that uh, the uh, speed receiver um, is uh, more important for your ski, but we could address that um, either with our later first round pick or in day two. So, um, so we still have a lot of stabs we can take in the wide receiver position here, but Jerry Judy is clearly the best guy for us to take right now. We need another weapon to um, make keep defenses out of us and stop it from keying on the run game and help Jimmy Garoppolo out. So Jerry Judy to the 49ers at 13. You got no, you got no complaints from me? <laughs> yeah, how, how well does Jerry Judy fit the 49ers offense? I mean, he fits it to, to a T. I mean, they love to run the RPO game. So he's the kind of guy that wins wins those uh those kind of routes those quick hitting routes. He's the kind of guy that's going to create separation for Jimmy Garoppolo in a very very similar way, like you said, to an Emmanuel Sanders. I think even if you wanted to make that kind of comparison, that makes a lot of sense for their style of game. They're guys that are really good separators. They're really good with the ball in their hands, and they run really crisp routes. And they're really good at the top of their routes to create that sep- that initial separation that's needed in the NFL and. Jerry Judy fits all of that. He's not. He may not be a true burner, but he's also the kind of guy that can take the. He he can he can score for anywhere on the field. Um, but I think in this style of offense, for what they're going to be asked to do, and what what like you said, uh, Emmanuel Sanders was asked to do last year, Judy fits that role to a T yeah. to pair with Debo Samuel. He most certainly does, and uh, we got to hurry it up a little bit here because uh, we got to keep this podcast uh, to a manageable time limit. Uh, now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock now. Oh, uh, Bruce Arians, Jason Light on the phone. What should we do? All the tackles well, are gone. What should we all do? The, all the tackles are gone. So what we should do at this point is we're, we, we could use the cornerback help, right? Uh, no, we don't. We don't need cornerback help. Um, uh, well, uh, we Not that we couldn't, but... I don't think it's a pressing need. Yeah, I, I think I believe in Sean Murphy Bunting and our young guys there. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I mean, this uh, would be a perfect trade down spot. Uh, 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 how about Perry, Javon Kinlaw, or Derek Brown with Vita Vea? How does that sound? I, that's what I was just going to go with. I think that might be the best fit. Um, we run more of a three-four defense with uh, um, Todd Bowles. With Todd Bowles, so I think um, I think I mean I don't think you could go wrong with either guy, but Vita Vea is more of a a space a space eater. I think Javon Kinlaw is more of a pass rusher. So let's go Javon Kinlaw. I think he's the perfect uh, – he'd be a really good complement to uh, to Vita Vea, who's more of that space eater. He's more of that guy that wants to, um, you know, clog the middle, stop the run. Uh, and then you can unleash Javon Kinlaw uh, to go with uh, – to pair with um, – uh, how did I blink on his name? Vita Vea. Well, no, Vita Vea, but they also have Ndamukong Sue came back. Ndamukong Sue, Shaq, Barrett. Uh, we got a pretty deep front yeah. now. So. Why, why why not continue to build on that? I mean, uh, you know, Ndamukong Sue is probably not going to be there beyond this year. Um, why not continue to build that rotation, build that defensive line? Like you had mentioned with the San Francisco 49ers, um, let, let's build that up and let's, let's you know, make that a, a formidable um, part of our defense. So let's, let's go. We're going to go with um, Javon Kinlaw. I cannot go on that pick. Javon Kinlaw, he's the perfect complement to Vita Vea. As you said, Vea, more of that um, um, pl- plugger at nose tackle. And uh, Kinlaw can play the five tech in the, top, in, the, in the base scheme for Todd Bowles. And he could either attack the quarterback or stuff the run extremely, extremely well. 
And now the Jacksonville Jaguars are back on the clock. In the trade down with the Broncos, that netted them two additional third round picks. And one of the players they would have taken nine is still there in Derrick Brown. Uh, Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell are still there. They still want to build this team tough up the gut. And what better player is there to do that than Derrick Brown? He's clearly the best player left on the board. I don't see why the Jaguars do not go Derrick Brown here. Yeah, I'm going to let you have him this time. I also think C.J. Henderson's a really good um, option here as well. Uh, he could be had five picks later, but let's just uh, um, save, save that um, uh, for when we get there. All yep. right, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock right now. All right, I'm Thomas Dimitrov, Dan Quinn. Who should we take? Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons, we are, we're kind of in need of a little, we're kind of in that limbo. Like, what are we? Are we a good team? Are we an okay team? Are we rebuilding? No, we, we have a lot of high-priced players. Uh, we brought we brought in Dante Fowler. Uh, we got rid of our, our cornerback in Desmond Trufant. We could really use another cornerback, and I think C.J. Henderson, cornerback from Florida, to replace Desmond Trufant, who was our lockdown cornerback for a long time, I think I think he's the kind of guy that could come in and and help solidify that defense that they um, that uh, that they like to run. Gong! Oh no! I understand that sentiment for C.J. Henderson, but there are some good corners that we could get on day two. The depth at edge rusher in this class is super super thin. After this guy, and we need another edge rusher to team up with Dante Fowler and Grady Jarrett in the middle to give us a heck of a 1-2-3 combo to get after the quarterbacks in our division in Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Teddy Bridgewater. We, we need to get after the quarterback first and foremost. That has to be our top priority. And this guy has the athletic profile we're looking for and the versatility that we like in our edge defenders, a guy who can drop into coverage as well as hunt the quarterback. How about Kalevon Chason from LSU? That's who the Falcons should pick, in my opinion. Since I'm GM, I get final word in this mock. Caleb on Chason to the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> at 16. Are you um, not a Tack, McK- Tack McKinley fan? Uh, no, I think uh, he's uh, he's disappointed so far, and uh, I'm I don't think we should pick up his fifth year option, especially given our cap situation. We have to pick pick his successor now. We whiff badly on Tack. Caleb uh, should be a much better player. That's fair. Just thought I'd ask the question. Sounds good. And all right, Dallas Cowboys are now on the clock. Um, and it looks like I'm going to make my case here. We need to improve the back end of our defense very badly. And we got two high-quality options staring at us right in the face. Xavier McKinney from Alabama or C.J. Henderson from Florida. Um, we, uh, it would be good to uh, get a guy like C.J. Henderson, but I'm personally not a big fan of his tackling skills, Jerry and Stephen Jones. I, I want a guy who uh, you could put in the middle of your defense, who could play either safety position extremely well, and even play some slot corner for you. You need these hybrid defensive backs are the wave of the future in the NFL. We need one for our defense. And Mike Nolan, our new defensive coordinator, um, really is big on building your defense from the middle on out. So Xavier McKinney from Alabama should be our pick here at 17, Jerry and Steven Jones. Yeah, I think, like you said, C.J. Henderson is the only other option. I think between those two, um, I want to gong you, but I can't. I can't. I can't blame you for this pick either. They've been they've been hurting at safety for a long time, and I think this is the time to to address it. 
Yeah, so with the 17th pick in our mock, the Dallas Cowboys select Xavier McKinney, a safety from the University of Alabama, but a very versatile safety, that is. And now the Miami Dolphins, where their second of three first-rounders are now on the clock. Yes, so our first-round pick, we took... Oh, my gosh, remind me who we took. Justin Herbert. <laughs> Was that Justin Herbert. So we took Justin Herbert. We got our quarterback of the future. We have the guy that we want to... We want to um, build our, our offensive round. We want to build our team around. What position do we need the most? We're, we're heading into the 2020 season, and it, we're basically in a true rebuild. But we've also we've also come in and, and um, spent a lot of money on on free agents to to make sure that we can kind of compete this year. Tom Brady's out of the NFC East. The NFC East is wide open. We need there's a few positions. We need an offensive line. We couldn't address it because we took Justin Herbert early. Um, we could also use. Um, we solidified our cornerback position. Um, we're probably hurting the most at either safety or offensive line or wide receiver would be the two position, the three positions this, this team could probably use the most and then running back. Um, I don't believe in taking a running back in the first round. I think waiting till day two would probably be the best approach. Um, I think for this team, what we need right now, we're going to go with, I don't know who I want to take. We're going to go with – we're going to pair – we need a wide receiver to pair with Devontae Parker. And I think maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but I think he's a good enough player. We're going to go with Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU. We need a complimentary player to Devontae Parker. We just paid him. Uh, we need another guy to, to give Justin Herbert another weapon in the passing game to go with our um, to go with our tight end, Mike Gusecki. Uh, let's 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 pair those guys up with Justin Jefferson, who's a really good route runner. Um, he has inside outside versatility. I don't think he's just a slot receiver. I think he could he could play on the outside. You can move him around the formation. Let Devonte Parker stick at the X receiver spot and play that alpha role, and let Justin Jefferson be that complementary role. Yeah, I can't call this one. This is exactly around the area where Daniel Jeremiah has Justin Jefferson on his big board, so uh, I can't say no to that. Uh, Jefferson, he is the perfect wide receiver two to a wide receiver one, and you need to get uh, Justin Herbert, your new franchise quarterback, more toys to play with, and you could address that tackle position with your third uh, first-round pick because that's, I think, better value for one of those other um, raw tackles then. So Justin Jefferson to the Dolphins at 18, and now the Las Vegas Raiders back on the clock with the pick they got from the Chicago Bears and a role reversal from our last role reversal with the Raiders. All right, um, John and Mike. We should be salivating that C.J. Henderson is still on the board. Our defense, we've already taken care of linebackers with Corey Littleton in free agency. We have uh, some promising edge rushers in Max Crosby and, uh, and, and, and Cleland Farrell and uh, some promising interior guys as well. And we have a promising young safety, Jonathan Abram, but we do not have a bona fide number one shutdown corner on our team right now. And we get that immediately with C.J. Henderson. This is way too good value to pass up. C.J. Henderson right here to the Raiders at 19. I, I can't disagree. I think that's a, that's a perfect fit. They missed out on Eli Apple. Whatever the reason was, not that he was going to be a shutdown cornerback for them, but he's, a, he's still a good young cornerback, in my opinion, who um, could provide depth, but they don't have him anymore. Um, I think that's a really good pick. I think they need that lockdown cornerback. 
Yes, and speaking of cornerbacks, uh, could we get a corner here for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Where do you think the Jaguars should go now that C.J. Henderson, they're arguably one of their top two targets, is off the board? Yeah, and with with our first pick, we went we Derek took, Brown. We took Derek Brown. We took it. We we solidified our defensive line. We could really use a cornerback, but we could also use another receiver. This could this be the another start the start of an, another receiver run. You have uh, um, DJ Chark, who showed who, who started to break out last year. You have D.D. Westbrook, who's in who's going into a um, who's going into a contract year. You don't really know what your your position looks like at wide receiver moving forward for Gardner Minshew. You want to make sure Gardner Minshew's going to be your guy for the future. You want to give him every every reason to do that. But we're going to wait on that. I do think cornerback position is is one that we should look at doing right now. And I, I think Christian Fulton from LSU is a really good spot. This is a really good spot for him to go. And uh, why do you think uh, he'd be the perfect fit for Jacksonville? I think he gives you a little bit of everything. He he could play off coverage and he could play man coverage. Um, I think he kind of has that versatility um, for what they what they want to do in that defense. And I think um, for for you know trying to replace quote unquote replace a Jalen Ramsey and an AJ Bouye, I think Christian Fulton gives you a little bit of both of what those guys gave or, or had in terms of skill set. Yeah, I can't go on that uh, that pick. Yes, he struggled uh, against those clubs of receivers at the National Championship game, but all the cornerbacks on both teams struggled in that right. game. Exactly. And, and Christian Fulton, uh, he, he held his own against Henry Ruggs in that Alabama game, at, which shows you that he could handle the speed of today's NFL wide receivers. And uh, we're going to be facing a, a lot of speed, especially with the Houston Texans, with uh, Brandon Cooks and uh, Will Fuller. Um, and Kenny Stills and uh, T.Y. Hilton's still in the division. He's still humming along. And uh, the Tennessee Titans, uh, they could uh, uh, get, get a speedy guy as well uh, later in this draft. So um, we need to be prepared to handle whatever receivers come our way. And Fulton is easily the guy to do that. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. Howie Rose, but unfortunately, we didn't have the ammo to move up for one of those three receivers. The Denver Broncos sort of beat us to the punch where they traded up to nine and the all those other teams weren't going to move. But I think we should be very fortunate that we are looking at one of the best receivers in this draft, a guy who could turn out to be better than one or two of the top three when all is set and done. Denzel Mims, you're a big analytics guy. Look at him at the combine, an elite three-cone time. Uh, who, a, a guy who has a sub-4440 time at, at like a 6-2 six, six for crying out loud. This guy is a freak, and yes, he was inconsistent, but I think a lot of that could be attributed to the quarterback play on Baylor, and we could always teach route running to him. A similar prospect in Cortland Sutton, who definitely is not as fast as Denzel Mims, he um, came along in his route running uh, because he just worked hard on it. Denzel Mims is that a um, Matt Rule coach player who's going to work hard on his route running. He will develop into our next wide receiver one to help out Carson Wentz. So Denzel Mims to the Eagles at 21. Do I hear I a want, gong or not? I want to just because the next pick I want, I would love that to be their pick. But I, I, it's a great pick for the Eagles. I think that they need to figure out what they want to do at wide receiver moving forward. Yeah, so Denzel Mims to the Philadelphia Eagles at 21. Your Minnesota Vikings are now on the clock with their first of two first-round picks. This one they got in the Stefan Diggs trade. We don't need to talk about that. I'm still upset. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but I do think, based off the way the board fell, I think the pick that the Eagles and what the, the Jacksonville Jaguars and even the Oakland Raiders took, and, and the Miami Dolphins, wide receiver, cornerback, are two of the top needs for this team. And I think 
uh, the perfect player that what the type of cornerback Mike Zimmer looks for. He looks for guys that are have that that dog attitude, that 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 alpha mentality, that guy that he wants to line up against the best the best wide receivers um, day in and day out. He wants to lock down that that those players. He's an aggressive tackler. He's aggressive with the when the ball's in the air. He's physical at the line of scrimmage. Jeff Gladney, the cornerback from TCU, I think he fits and pairs really well with a Mike Hughes. Um, both both of those guys, um, they play very um, aggressively, even for guys that aren't aren't very big, but they're guys that play bigger than their size, and they're guys that are willing to tackle. They're aggressive on the ball. They're aggressive at the line of scrimmage. He pair he fits very well into the, in the Mike Zimmer defense. You don't get a gong. He got a ding, 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 ding for a <laughs> ringing endorsement. Jeff Gladney to the Minnesota Vikings is one of the perfect fits of any prospect to team in this draft class. Uh, Gladney, he's that corner that uh, Mike Zimmer, as you said, loves a lot. He's got that alpha mentality. He is a very good tackler, and Mike Zimmer does not like corners who can't tackle for darn sure, doesn't he? Very much so. He hates him. <laughs> yeah, well, Vic Fag- you could say the same for Vic Faggio as well, but uh, I cannot see Jeff Gladney falling out of the first round. He's just way too talented. Great. And uh, if the board falls this way for the Vikings, they should definitely go Gladney at 22. And now the New England Patriots, the, for- the dynasty that I believe that once was, is now back on the clock. And Coach Belichick, we are starting a new era here in New England. But we got to reemphasize the culture. And the player on the board right now that uh, like fits your style of, of culture or what you desire, um, you want to build your team from the inside out. And you um, have focused on offensive line your entire tenure here in New England. And one of the best linemen in the class still left on the board is Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. Cesar Ruiz will help our young offensive line grow together as the quarterback of the offensive line. He's an intelligent blocker, he, and he's intelligent pre-staff as well. This, this guy um, has the makings of an all-pro center. He is perfect value here. So Cesar Ruiz to the Patriots at 23. I, <sighs> I want a gong just for the simple fact that I, I think that quarterback needs to be addressed, but... I also don't. We don't know what their feelings are about Jarrett Stidham. Is he a guy that they feel they could be that could be a future starter? I don't know. Um, I should know. I'm the GM, but <laughs> um, I don't know that answer right now. So um, I, I I agree with you. I think uh, you want to go into the season knowing you have somebody that can help solidify and protect a quarterback, your quarterback, and Jarrett Stidham. So I'm not going to gong you in that because I think um, at some point the Patriots are going to address the quarterback position. Yep. So Cesar Ruiz, the pick at 23. New Orleans Saints are now on the clock at 24. And now we go live to the brewery where the Saints will probably <laughs> right. be uh, having uh, their, uh, be conducting their uh, draft night operations. We don't have a lot of needs. Um, we're a really talented team. We got Drew Brees back on a two-year deal. We have one of the best, if not the best receivers in the league in Michael Thomas. We have, we brought back our left guard. We're pretty solidified at our offensive line. We brought in Emmanuel Sanders to pair with Michael Thomas, which is something that we've been missing for a long time. Uh, we have uh, on our defensive line probably the only only weak, true weakness would be Marcus Davenport at right at defensive end, paired with jo- Cameron Jordan. Uh, you could consider nose tackle as a um, a need there as well. Other than that, I mean maybe another cornerback. So we're really 
there's not a lot of options here. Like, what are we looking for? Do we want to do we want to address quarterback of the future here with Jordan Love? Um, that's a possibility here. Uh, I, am, Miles? I am a little too scared off by Jordan Love's take personally. He's not what I believe Sean Payton looks for. Uh, Sean Payton wants somebody with a lot more accuracy to be his quarterback. Uh, he he definitely. Um, I don't think he strikes me as a Sean Payton type of player. No, I agree. I was just going through my options here. Um, 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 since I'm the GM, let me make a suggestion. How did our season end last year? On a touchdown pass to a tight end. Yeah. We need more speed at the linebacker position, and we've seen this guy in state for the past several years. He was instrumental in LSU's upset win over Alabama and in the national championship game as well. How about LSU's Patrick Queen here? Him or Kenneth Murray, I think both make a lot of sense. I think I like Queen because Murray, uh, like he, he's too much of a project uh, given the scheme he comes out of at Oklahoma, where Queen uh, had, had more of a pro-level style training at LSU. So I think uh, he is more likely to live up to his potential in coverage than Kenneth Murray is. Uh, 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 he shows much better instincts than Kenneth Murray. You're the GM. <laughs> All right, so the New Orleans Saints set Patrick Queen, a local kid from LSU, to shore up their linebacker core. Now the Vikings are back on the clock. Okay, Rick Spielman. We selected our corner, and the board is very, very jumbled right now. Um, uh, we could take a offensive tackle if you th- don't think Riley Reef is and Brian O'Neill are up to the job long term. But there's this other wide receiver here that people are sleeping on. His name is Jalen Rager. His yes. father, Monte Rager, played. For the Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts, he he won. Uh, he was on the t- 2006 Super Bowl winning team with the Colts. He's a coach's son, and yes, he showed up to the combine overweight and disappointed in some of his agility times. But uh, that virtual pro day he just did, even though those numbers aren't 100 percent accurate, they are definitely closer to where I see him on tape. He is much faster than he ran at the combine. His three coats are much faster, and he, he, he got rid of all that bad weight, which shows that he's a kid willing to learn from his mistakes. And a lot of people talk about Henry Ruggs. While Ruggs may end up being the better pro, Jalen Rager could end up being just as good. He's got some Stephon Diggs to his game, if not better. He could be a faster, more explosive version of Stephon Diggs with the, the route-running maven in Adam Thielen. Jalen Rager is the guy who perfectly compliments him as that deep threat. We invested in Kirk Cousins for two more years with some of the highest guaranteed cash exciting in NFL history. We got to do everything we can to support him. And that biggest toe is that that wide receiver two spot, Jalen Rager. And plus, he could also return putts for us. This guy is a multifaceted weapon that could take our offense to a whole new level. Ding, 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 ding. Just like the first pick with the Vikings, this is, this is the pick that I, I believe is one of the better fits. Um, and there, he's, his teammate, Jeff Gladney and Jalen Rager, both fit exactly what the Vikings could use on both sides of the ball. I love that you mentioned his punt returning ability. The Vikings don't have a, punt ret- a current punt returner on the roster, or we don't know what, what they're, um, where they're going to go with that. He can help you in that, in that mold, especially as a rookie. Um, he gives you a dynamic ability. You can move him all over the field. Um, he's a mismatch nightmare for cornerbacks. He can get downfield like you. You need that pl- a player in this offense to stretch the field because if you don't have another receiver that can stretch the field, all they're gonna all defenses are gonna do is key on in on Adam Thielen, and that just makes his life that much harder. Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen are great complements to each other because of their abilities 
to to play off of each other. Adam Thielen um, can can take away coverages from for so Diggs can get downfield. Diggs can stretch the field, stretch the field so that Adam Thielen can work the the middle the intermediate routes. So um, you need that complement for Adam Thielen to help him and this offense and Kirk Cousins. I think that's the perfect matchup. Yep, so Jalen Rager it is to the Minnesota Vikings at 25. Now the Dolphins back on the clock at 26 with their third and final pick of this first round muck. All right, who should we take here? I think in real life the the opportunity here to take a running back is something that they might do. Uh, I'm not saying that that's something they should do, uh, but it's something that I could see. Um, but in reality what we really need is we need to help continue to help um, – our offensive line, and I think, although it might be a little bit um, of a of a reach for us, I still think this is a guy that um, we've heard some first round talk. And I think the later you go into the first round, I think this helps a lot. We're going to go with Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle from Georgia. He's a little bit raw, but he, he also has a lot of the the tools and abilities to be a bookend tackle for for the year for years to come. I'm going to have to gong you right here. I am so sorry. There is one tackle I think that would be better value here. Isaiah Wilson, I I understand uh, the the, the hype over him. He's a very big, big dude with unreal athleticism. But I think he's a right tackle only prospect. And although right tackle is just as valuable as left tackle these days, you still need that blind side protector uh, because uh, Justin Herbert, he's a right-handed quarterback like most quarterbacks, and he's going to need a blindside protector. And one of the better pass protectors that you could get here at this point in the draft is Josh Jones from Houston, absolutely dominated at the Senior Bowl. And he's yep. a very similar prospect to Andre Dillard last year. Dillard, who was uh, eventually drafted by the Eagles, um, who was a polished pass protector, but uh, still has a ways to go in run blocking. But we have an offensive line coach here that will coach him up. And uh, we believe he has the character to fit into our culture. And we have that blind side protector to anchor this offensive line. So I go with Josh Jones out of Houston at 26. I, I, hey, I, I don't blame you there. I think that is between those two. And I, I just thought I'd go a little bit more with the upside. But uh, Josh Jones definitely gives you more of that stability, true stability. Uh, yes, and I think stability is valued by uh, Brian Flores for his offensive line because he's a Bill Belichick disciple, and I definitely would see him definitely. looking more in this direction. The Seattle Seahawks are now on the clock, and although we usually trade down from here, for this mock I have a staying put because we've got uh, some interesting options here. We uh, need more athleticism coming off the edge here. And we're, J.V. Clowney is unlikely to re-sign with us, but we have an athletic freak with even more room to grow. Yatur Gross Matos out of Penn State. He is definitely the kind of freak athlete we look for on the defensive front. And uh, L.J. Collier last year, um, uh, he's still um, learning the ropes. Uh, but uh, this guy is a much more polished prospect than L.J. Collier. He is much more likely to have an impact on day one. So to address our needed edge rusher, you tour Gross Matos, especially since the board on edge rushers just dries up after he's gone. Yeah, uh, that I think that's the ideal fit for them. Yeah, what makes you tour Gross Matos uh, a fit um, schematically based on the film you've watched um, as far as the Seahawks? I haven't concerned? watched I can't lie, I haven't watched a lot of Gross Matos, but of what I have seen, he's an explosive player off the edge, and I think they, like you said, J- Jadavion Clowney is unlikely to come back at this point. 
Um, they've they've probably they've kicked the tires on Everson Griffin. Not sure what's going to happen if anything is going to happen there. Um, but they need that they need another um, edge rusher to to come off the edge and um, if they want to go cheap, that's the that's the best route to do. And I think he has a lot of upside. And now we got the Baltimore Ravens picking at twenty eight overall. And uh, actually, you're lobbing me to make the pick here. Yes. Um, I think this is a no-brainer. I think they need the linebacker help. I think they have the the. Um, they're not sure about what the future holds at that position. I think this is a perfect spot for Kenneth Murray. He brings a little bit of everything. He's an athletic all-around linebacker that can um, that can um, bring you that can uh, do everything. Uh, Three-down linebacker. He's really good in coverage. He's really athletic. He's he flies to the football. He's everywhere. He's everywhere on the field. And I think. Um, in the in this Ravens defense, that linebacker is so important. Um, they lost that when they got when they let C.J. Mosley hit hit free agency a couple of years ago. Um, I think Kenneth Kenneth Murray's a really good replacement there, and especially at this pick at pick twenty eight, uh, he fits exactly what they need in that defense. Gong, I think there could be a potentially better option here. The Ravens, uh, they are not deep enough along the edges. And they need an answer at linebacker. So they probably need a guy who could do his fair share of both. And that is Zach Bond from Wisconsin. So if I'm the Ravens here, I would probably take Zach Bond ahead of Kenneth Murray. You're right. You're right. Yeah, Zach Bond it is then. Zach Bond to the Baltimore Ravens. And now the Tennessee Titans are on the clock. And John Robinson, we got an interesting dilemma here. We... Lost Jack Conklin in free agency. We did re-sign Dennis Kelly, although it was to a relatively team-friendly deal. We need a potential long-term answer at that bookhead tackle spot opposite of Taylor Lewan. I'm not sure Dennis Kelly is it. And we still have Isaiah Wilson, who projects much better on the right side than he does on the left side. We have our left tackle. We need our new right tackle to help protect Ryan Tannehill and open up holes for Derrick Henry in the run game. I can't gong you there. That's a, that's a great pick. Yeah, so uh, off right tackle from Georgia, Isaiah Wilson, Andrew Thomas's college teammate, to the Tennessee Titans at 29. Green Bay Packers now on the clock at 30. Yeah, Green Bay Packers, they're, they're in a really odd situation right now. They have a, a talented roster. I, to be honest with you, I want to go I want to go Jordan Love because I think that they do need to figure out um, their backup plan behind Aaron Rodgers for the long term. He's thirty. He's going to be thirty-six. Who knows? Um, he's had some injury history, so that could be a, a scenario where they they want to have somebody sit for a couple of years. And I think Jordan loves that um, a very much that kind of quarterback. That if he sits for a couple of years, he could take over maybe two years and be that um, franchise quarterback. Do I want that to happen? No, but it's a scenario that I, I, I you have to play out. Not that I'm saying that that's my pick, but I think that's something that you have to look into. Um, the other position for me is wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver has been a big need for this team uh, opposite of Devonta Adams since Randall Cobb left and Jordy Nelson retired. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been solid, but he hasn't really lived up to a wide receiver two billing that you were hoping to find. Brought in Devin Funches. Uh, he's not exactly a guy that you can really rely on. Um, but I think a really good, a really good pairing for Devonta Adams, a dynamic playmaker that, that, that can help you, um, he can help you in the return game, 
and he can also be a, a guy that can you can move all around the field and um and work and win down down the field. We're gonna go with KJ Hamler, wide receiver from Penn State. It might be a tad bit of a reach, but I think he's a top forty overall, forty to fifty overall player. I think he fits exactly what they what they could use in a compliment to Devontae Adams to help take away some of that attention. Gong, I agree with you about a wide receiver, but there is another wide receiver here that I think is an even better prospect than KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler, he's more like Tavon Austin than he is um uh than he is TY Hilton. And he's more of a gadget player. I want a guy who could um, run routes or has at least shown the ability to learn how to do so and that guy is Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State he um, is just as explosive with the ball in the open field and uh, given the fact that he is not as small as a tack like KJ Hamler he's much more well built for the NFL so I'm gonna have to go with Brandon Ayuk because Ayuk is not just a gadget player like Hamler is Hamler you take those guys on day two uh, Ayuk's a much more well-rounded player that's fair. Yep. So Brandon Ayuk, Arizona State wide receiver to the Green Bay Packers at 30. And now we got another trade up. The Indianapolis Colts have uh, moved up in front of the Kansas City Chiefs, albeit uh, they're not in competition for this particular player. They're offering. Uh, their 34th overall pick in round two, and their fourth round pick at 122 to the 49 to the 49ers for pick 31. And Philip Rivers is just a short-term solution, and you know Jacoby Brissett is not the long-term answer. And this is one of the more ideal fits for Jordan Love in this draft because the Colts have an outstanding offensive line and they have uh, some budding young weapons as well and they're going to add to the cupboard of weapons um, very shortly as soon as they're on the clock of the second round. And Chris Ballard is building a roster that is ready to compete early and often. So uh, Jordan Love is going to have time to sit and own his craft and learn from Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett and take over in either 2021 or 2022. So Jordan Love, in this trade-up, goes to the Indianapolis Colts at 31. Ding, ding, ding. I think that's a great move. Yep, and last but not least, the world yep. champion Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock. Uh... I don't know who answers to who, but um, Andy Reid, what do you think we should do? I think we should go cornerback A.J. Terrell from Clemson. I think we need another guy that can be um, that can help the back end of our defense. We need to, we, we, you know, what we, what we can do is we can we can score. We can score like crazy, but we also need to to do better at stopping other teams from scoring. And I think A.J. Terrell really fits. Um, yet, yeah, we talked about uh, LSU. He struggled a little bit against LSU. Who didn't? all season, um, but I think he has a lot of upside. He has a lot of ability to play um, man-to-man defense and play, um, if you want to uh, shift and, and play zone, he could do that as well. He could do a little bit of everything. I think A.J. Terrell is a really good prospect and a really good cornerback to pair with uh, with Ward. Ding, 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 
Ding, I agree. AJ Terrell is, um, he could turn into the Chiefs' number one cornerback within the next two or three years. He might have struggled a little bit, but if you watch the tape, uh, as many tape analysts say, uh, he was much better than people thought in that national uh, championship game against LSU. He had great coverage. It's just that Burrow just threaded the needles with superb accuracy. Great coverage cannot beat excellent accuracy. A.J. Terrell did just what he was asked for, so he was much better in that game as possible. He would be a perfect pick for the Kansas City Chiefs here at number 32. And he is Miles Gorham, ladies and gentlemen, co-host of the Climbing the Pocket podcast. Check out his work at ClimbingThePocket.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Miles, M-Y-L-E-S Gorham. That's your Twitter handle, correct? Miles Gorham 85. Miles Gorham 85, that is. My bad. Thank you so much for joining us, Miles. And that's it for today here on Sports Crush. But we'll be back with the last of our 2020 Dash of the Draft series in the next few days, including our second and final mock. So stay tuned. And an additional heads up, you must also be on the lookout for a special announcement about our live draft night coverage very, very soon. But in the meantime, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as my blog at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that is Crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Miles. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at dcrom 59 For Miles Gorham, this is David Cromwell saying so long, and as usual, stay awesome.